Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a certified nutrition and health coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset, love their bodies, and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode four of Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. Now, before I get started today, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened, to everyone who sent me messages of support, who sent me a DM, who subscribed to the podcast. I am honestly so grateful to you. My heart is just so full today, so full of happiness, so full of joy. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really appreciative. It's been amazing and you've made me all very, very happy. So today we're going to be chatting a bit about intuitive eating. Now, this is a topic I am so passionate about. It's one of my favorite things to teach my clients to do. So I wanted to start out by telling you a little bit about how I found intuitive eating and why I found intuitive eating. So as you know, I went through a pretty dark period with food and with my body. And when I was kind of at the lowest of the low points, I suppose, I had depression, I had anxiety, and I had binge eating disorder. And I knew that something needed to change. After I hit rock bottom, it had been a while, I was really, really struggling. And I knew that something needed to be different and I needed to get myself out of this. And one of the ways that happened was when I discovered intuitive eating. So my beautiful cousin, Emily was a dietitian and she sent me the book intuitive eating by Evelyn Trebol and Elise Resch. Now this book changed my life. Discovering intuitive eating changed my life. In fact, I like to think it probably saved my life because there's no way I could have kept going the way I was going. I couldn't have done it. So learning about intuitive eating, I tried to kind of put all of the things in practice, but it's a bit of a journey. And anyone who has learned about intuitive eating and tried to implement it in their own life, well, I'm sure they will be with me on this one. It's not easy. It takes time. It's a real process. And there's no like one light bulb moment where it all just clicks, like you read the book and then you know everything and you're like, oh, amazing. I'm an intuitive eater now. It's a real process and you often feel like you're not making progress, but then one day you look back at how you used to be and you're like, oh my God, I'm an intuitive eater. Yay. (laughs) And I have, I still have those moments very regularly where I'm like, oh my God, I could never have done this before. I could never have been like this. One of the moments where I realized it was really kind of working for me and really starting to sink in was I used to work at a gym And I remember one day being at the desk and one of the girls in the gym had some chocolate and she came up and was like, oh, you know, do you want to have a square of my chocolate bar kind of thing? I was like, yeah, amazing. Had my square of chocolate. And in the past, when this had happened, one of the PTs would, you know, have some chocolate and then they'd put the bar, the rest of the bar in front of me on the desk and I'd be standing there working and I could not think of anything else except this chocolate bar. I'd be standing there, I'd be staring at it like, no, 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 leave it. Just work. It's not your chocolate. Go back to work. And then, you know, it'd just be constantly on my mind. And I'd be thinking, 
should I just eat it all? I could just eat it all. And it's like, but it's not your chocolate. Like you can't just steal someone's chocolate, but I'd be so tempted and it would consume me. I'd be thinking about it constantly. But this time I had my square of chocolate or whatever it was. She put it in front of me and then I went back to work and I didn't think about it again. This chocolate was in front of me and it didn't bother me. I just didn't care. I didn't want any more. And then after her PT session, she came back and she's like, oh, do you want some more chocolate? And I was like, oh, actually, no, I'm fine. Thanks. I don't need it. And that might sound silly if you've never really struggled with food. But to me, that was just life changing. Like that moment was huge for me. I had never in my entire life turned down chocolate, no matter what. And I'm pretty confident saying that. I don't think I'd ever turned down chocolate in my life, but I didn't need it because I knew I was allowed to have chocolate whenever I wanted. And that's a real part of intuitive eating, which we're going to get into now. So intuitive eating is about trusting your inner body wisdom to make choices around food that feel good in your body without judgment and without influence from diet culture, which we all know I hate diet culture. So let's kind of break that down. Trusting your inner body wisdom. That is one of the biggest things that you need to learn when you start learning to eat intuitively, because a lot of us don't actually trust our bodies. We think that, you know, if we had the opportunity, we would just eat everything that's in front of us. And we don't trust our bodies to tell us when we're full or that we don't trust our bodies to tell us when we're hungry. We don't trust our bodies to tell us what, what they need. And the thing is, you should trust your body to do all of that stuff because your body knows all of those things. We've just kind of quieted that voice down and haven't let ourselves listen to it for so long because we're too busy living by rules and restrictions. And then it's about making choices around food that feel good in your body. So that doesn't just mean in, you know, your taste buds. It's not just everything that tastes good. It's about what feels good everywhere in your body, what feels good in your stomach, what feels good in your brain, what feels good in your heart, what feels good in your soul. And we'll get more into that a bit later in the podcast. And then big parts of this is without judgment and without influence from diet culture. So removing that judgment from food, which I can tell you is pretty bloody difficult if you haven't had to do it before. So an example of diet culture would be avoiding donuts because they're bad for you. And I'm putting that in bunny ears. Intuitive eating is knowing that there are no good or bad foods. Diet culture is stopping eating after one serve because that's what the packet tells you to do, no matter how hungry you are. But intuitive eating is stopping after one serve or two serves or three serves because you've had enough and because you're satisfied. Diet culture is eating three meals and two snacks because you think you're supposed to. And intuitive eating is eating however many meals and snacks are going to nourish you that day. So as you can see, there's a real difference between living through the lens of diet culture and living as an intuitive eater. So there are 10 principles of intuitive eating. So I'm going to really quickly run you through them now. I'll just give you a brief overview. There's plenty more information out there if you want to learn more about them. And then what we're going to do is bust some myths around intuitive eating, which is my favorite thing to do. So the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Principle number one is reject the diet mentality. So get rid of anything that encourages that diet mentality. Unfollow people who promote, you know, fast, easy or weight loss and Chuck out the books about keto and intermittent fasting, throw out the skinny teas, get mad at all the diet culture bullshit that you see everywhere around and stop hoping that there's a new and a better diet around the corner. Because if you keep thinking to yourself, oh, you know, I'll try this intuitive eating thing, but if I put on two kilos, I'm out. If you're thinking something like that, it's not going to work. You need to commit 100% and get rid of those thoughts because otherwise it's going to prevent you from truly being able to become an intuitive eater. 
Principle number two is honor your hungry. Eat when you're hungry. <laughs> this shouldn't be so difficult, but it's something that's been taken away from us and something that we don't do anymore. It's so simple, but eat when you're hungry. Listen to your body, tune into your hunger signals, fuel your body with adequate energy and adequate carbohydrates. And I'm specifically saying carbohydrates because they've been so demonized, but they're amazing and we need them. Principle number three is make peace with food. So giving yourself unconditional permission to eat, even if it ends up being more than you think you should be having, or if it's different to what you think you should be eating. It can be really difficult for people. I think this principle can definitely be one of the hardest, but it does get easier. I promise. (laughs) Principle number four is challenge the food police. So challenging all the food police and all the diet culture thoughts in your head that are popping up going, "Mm, you should not be eating that. What are you doing? That's going straight to your thighs. All those awful thoughts, challenge it, argue with it. Eventually, if you keep arguing, it will go away. And same goes for people in your life. If someone says that kind of thing around you, shut it down. Just be like, what are you talking about? Why is it a big deal? Try and challenge it if you're comfortable. Principle number five is feel your fullness. So listening for those body signals that tell you that you're no longer hungry and the signs that tell you that you're comfortably full. Because when you're in tune with your body, you can actually stop eating when you're satisfied rather than when you're, you know, uncomfortably full and you feel gross and you need to be rolled out of the restaurant. Relatable. I used to do that all the time. And this also ties into making peace with food. So if your body thinks it's going to be restricted again, it's a lot harder to stop eating at a point of comfortable fullness. And that's probably really relatable for anyone who struggled with binging before. Your body thinks that you're going to take away that food. So it is trying to just pack it in and get as much as possible. Principle number six is discover the satisfaction factor. So when you eat what you actually want to eat and it's in like a nice environment, like, you know, not at the fridge in the middle of the night while trying not to wake up your housemate, also used to be me, eating can be pleasurable. Eating should be pleasurable. It should be fun. Eating is one of the great joys in life. And you'll also find that you don't need as much as you thought you did to be satisfied. So I used to, if I had chocolate, I would eat literally the entire block of dairy milk every single time, hands down, maybe two blocks. But now I can just have a few squares and be like, yeah, I'm good. Some days I want one square. Some days I want 20 squares, but I've learned that it doesn't have to be, you know, the maximum amount of food to make it satisfying and to make it enjoyable. It can just be a little bit. Sometimes that's enough. Principle number seven is cope with your emotions without using food. So find ways to deal with your negative emotional issues that aren't eating And food doesn't fix negative emotions. We all, we all know that. We all try and use it to help us feel better when we're sad. But a lot of the time it doesn't actually work and it can make us feel guilty or make us feel shame or make us feel worse. So you need to actually deal with the source. Principle number eight is respect your body. So accept yourself as you are. Work on removing those unrealistic and the overly critical expectations that you have for your body and the way it should look. The way you look is the least interesting thing about you. Your body deserves so much respect for everything it does for you. Your body is a bloody miracle. So start treating it that way. Principle number nine is exercise, feel the difference. So shift your focus to how exercise makes you feel rather than like burning the most amount of calories or sweating it off the summer or all those stupid things. Move your body in a way that you enjoy and that actually feels good. So if you hate the gym, don't go to the gym. Maybe you want to dance. Maybe you want to do Zumba. Maybe you want to do yoga. Maybe you want to hike, whatever it is, find something you enjoy and you'll learn to enjoy exercise because your focus is feeling good rather than losing weight. 
And the reason you enjoy exercise when you shift that focus is because it's a positive association rather than a negative one. Principle number 10, the very last one, is honor your health with gentle nutrition. Now, there's a reason this principle is last. We can get really caught up in this idea of, you know, trying to be healthy and trying to be nutritious, and it can kind of clash with this idea that you can eat whatever you want. So that's why once you've kind of got that idea down pat, you know, you know what you're doing, you realize you've made peace with food, you've honored your hunger, all of those kinds of things, then you can start focusing on a bit more gentle nutrition. So making food choices that honor both your health and your taste buds while making you feel good. So you don't have to eat a perfect diet to be healthy. It's what you eat consistently over time that helps. And I feel like we forget this sometimes. Like back when I was in my, you know, restrictive days, trying to be super healthy all the time, if I'd eaten, and I'm putting this in bunny ears, like a healthy diet for the full week, And then I went out for dinner and I ate a full pizza. I felt awful about myself. I was like, oh my God, like, what have you done? You're so unhealthy, blah, 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 blah. That's one meal. Like if I was eating a full pizza for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, okay, maybe that's not the most nutritious choice, but having one pizza one time a week, it's not a big deal. Like it's what you do over time consistently. It's not what you do as a one-off. And that's relevant to a lot of things in life, I think. All right, now let's get into the myth busting, which is my favorite part. And I'm super excited for this. So the first myth is intuitive eating means eating whatever you want, whenever you want, you know, AKA McDonald's and ice cream for every meal. This is what everyone says when they are protesting intuitive eating, when they first hear about it. No one is saying that you're going to eat McDonald's and ice cream for every meal. And that's healthy. Like, can we just... Stop with the black and white thinking, please. People take this to mean that you can eat only what your brain, stomach, taste buds, whatever you want to call it, want at the time. That's not true. That's not what happens. And that's not what we're telling you to do. So if you've been restricting for a really long time, you might actually want to do this at the start. You might want to eat McDonald's and ice cream for every single meal in the beginning. But once your body realizes that it's actually got total freedom, this urge goes away and then you feel more in tune with what it actually wants. It's considering what makes you feel good physically as well. You're not just mindlessly eating without ever thinking about it. So if your thought pops into your head to eat chocolate, as this does very often for me, it doesn't mean that every single time chocolate pops into my head, I have to get up and instantly eat the chocolate. If you find that you delay, but you keep thinking about the chocolate constantly, you can't get the chocolate out of your head and you're like, man, I really want chocolate. I need chocolate. I really want chocolate. Go and eat it. That's intuitive eating. But Stopping yourself from acting on every single impulse doesn't mean you're failing at intuitive eating and giving into diet culture. You can kind of use some common sense about it, really. Like you don't have to act on every urge, same as we don't have to act on every urge in every area of our lives. And the other thing I wanted to note here is that you can be an intuitive eater, even if you have dietary restrictions. So vegans can be intuitive eaters. They just eat intuitively, excluding animal products. Celiacs can be intuitive eaters. They just eat intuitively, excluding gluten. People on nutrition plans to manage diabetes can be intuitive eaters. They just eat intuitively within their management guidelines. So having a rule that you have to follow, so whether it's an ethical rule like for vegans or a medical one for celiacs, that kind of thing, it doesn't mean that you can't eat intuitively because it's it's different to putting a rule in place of I have to eat 1,200 calories or I have to 
only eat between 2 and 4 p.m. or whatever ridiculous time you want to say. The next myth that I want to bust is that intuitive eating means eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. So no, that is a hunger fullness diet and a lot of diet culture has decided to kind of co-opt intuitive eating and say that, you know, you're eating intuitively in this plan, but it's literally about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Now that's a rule and you don't, you know, you can use these as guides, but there are no hard and fast rules. You can eat when you're not hungry. So you can eat just because your mum bakes some cookies and you want one. You can eat because you're about to go into a work meeting and you might get hungry while you're in there. You can eat just because you feel like eating. Eating doesn't have to be just for fuel. Like I said before, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be pleasurable. So you can eat just for enjoyment. It's about listening to your bodies and listening to your minds and getting rid of the rules. The third myth is that intuitive eating isn't healthy. I'm just going to excuse myself here while I roll my eyes to the back of my head so hard that it hurts. 95% of diets do not work and that includes lifestyle changes and the outcomes of dieting include slowed metabolism, increased risk of mental health issues, increased risk of eating disorders, increased chances of gaining even more weight than you lost and increased preoccupation with food amongst other things. Intuitive eating doesn't do any of that. Intuitive eating reduces the risk of mental health issues. It, it, it reduces the risk of eating disorders. It reduces that preoccupation with food. Like I used to think about food literally 95% of the time. And that is not an exaggeration. Now I probably think about food 5% of the time and I still love food. So intuitive eating is, it doesn't have those negative side effects. Dieting is unhealthy. Intuitive eating is not unhealthy. Eating a donut every single day is better for you than restricting all day and then binging at night or developing anxiety and depression because you're constantly struggling with food and your body. And I can say that from experience. Okay, now the last myth that I want to bust is that intuitive eating won't work for me because I love food too much and I would never choose to eat vegetables over pizza. I think these words came out of my mouth probably 30 times when I first started hearing about intuitive eating and learning about intuitive eating. I thought I was the special snowflake who it wouldn't work for, the only one, because I just loved food too much. Because I didn't like vegetables, because I love pizza, I love chocolate, all of those things. I still love pizza. I still love chocolate. But the reason why I loved pizza so much or, and the reason why you love pizza or whatever it is for you so much is because you're preoccupied with that food. So I was preoccupied with pizza. I restricted pizza, even subconsciously, and therefore I wanted it all of the time. So once you're actually allowed to eat pizza all the time, you won't want to. And same goes for whatever your food is. If you eat purely junk food, and I don't like the word junk food, but I'm using it because it makes sense in this context. If you eat purely junk food for two weeks straight, you're probably going to start craving something fresh and nutritious. Our bodies actually want nutrients. Our bodies need nutrients to function. So they're going to call out for them. And I see this all the time. If I have, you know, a week where I'm eating lots of fried foods, maybe takeaway, not eating many veggies, all that kind of thing. You know, maybe if I go away or something like that, you know, you're eating out a lot, having a lot of fried, creamy whatever it is kind of foods, after a while, I'm like, oh my God, I want a salad. And like, if you told old me that I would be craving salad, I would never have believed you, ever. But now I crave salad because my body's like, hey, can we have some nutrients, please? Can we have something a bit fresh? Can we have some vegetables? 
And the process is different for everyone on this. The timing is going to be different for everyone. I'm not saying that you're going to eventually naturally cut pizza out of your life and become this perfect eater and, you know, who only eats salad and vegetables and like all the typical healthy things. And if you have that expectation, you're probably not looking at intuitive eating properly. You're probably missing the point. And also there is no perfect eater. Perfect eating is going to be different to everyone. It's about finding what works for you, what works for your body and what makes you feel good. All right. That is the myth busting section done. (laughs) So the last thing I wanted to do is give you some comparisons. Have a think about who you want to be. Have a think about what you want, the way you want to live for the rest of your life, who you want to be when you're 80. So do you want to go through your life eating foods that you don't enjoy because they're healthy? Or do you want to eat foods that you enjoy that nourish your body and your mind? Do you want to miss out on social occasions because you're worried about overeating or eating something you haven't planned? Or do you want to spend time with your friends and family at social occasions having fun without feeling stressed about food? Do you want to go through life hating exercising and forcing yourself out of bed every single morning to go to the gym, even though you don't want to and you hate it and you can't be bothered? Or do you want to move your body in ways that you enjoy that make you feel good? Do you want to not be able to keep chocolate in the house because you'll, you know that you'll eat the entire block at once and then probably everything else in the house? Or do you want to be able to keep all of your favorite foods in the house because they hold no power of you? And you can just have them whenever you feel like it. Do you want to go through life regularly eating past the point of comfortable fullness and not trusting your body to tell you when to stop? Or do you want to trust your body and know that it's going to give you signals on when you should stop eating? Do you want to constantly, constantly chase that next diet or that next lifestyle change in the hope that it will help you achieve your goals, but find that it actually never does and you have to keep cycling through them and finding a new one? Or do you want to go through life knowing that you don't need to diet, you don't need to restrict because you're already your happiest and healthiest self? I sure as hell know the way I want to go through my life. I know how many years I wasted doing all of those things, being restrictive and dieting and stressed and feeling shit about myself. Whereas now I have total freedom. I have no need to restrict. I feel really good about myself. I love my body. I love my life. I just, I feel so much healthier and happier and intuitive eating. Like I said, one of the absolute biggest parts of that. So I really, really hope that this has kind of piqued a bit of an interest for you in intuitive eating and you want to learn more and you want to become an intuitive eater. So you can just start feeling good about yourself and bringing back that fun and that pleasure to food, because that's what it's all about. Food is meant to be fun. So I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. If you have any questions about intuitive eating, please contact me. I would love to chat to you about it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave me a review. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And again, thank you so much for all of your kind words on the podcast. I'm so excited to hear what you thought of this episode. Have a beautiful day.